one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash pro revenge video. Today we've got a great story of leaving a terrible workplace high and dry, but first a story from the Cosmic Kraken. Dig my disabled mom's parking spot? Think again. This is my mom's story, but she doesn't use Reddit, so I'll post on her behalf. Some info about my mom. She's very caring and kind, but not someone you want to mess with. She can and will kick your butt, be it with words or pettiness. She's also pretty severely disabled. Because of this, she always has a designated handicapped parking space when she lives in apartment buildings. This incident happened at her previous apartment. My mom's spot was the second one, so there were two other spots on either side of her. It's one she paid monthly for. The parking lot had the fourth and fifth closest spots, as the guest handicapped parking. One frequent visitor of her building would constantly take my mom's paid parking spot when the guest spots were readily available. Also worth noting that they never had a disabled parking placard on display to even be allowed to park there. My mom left a polite note on their windshield the first few times it happened, but she quickly realized that it was becoming routine. It happened so often that my mom would be left without her spots for 10 hours at a time. She tried getting it towed, but the companies all insisted my mom would have to pay and she didn't want to do that. Finally getting fed up, she parked her car immediately behind the person who was knowingly and routinely taking her paid spot, when there was one available just two spots over. With her balcony overlooking the parking lot, she got a book and waited. The person came out and was pissed. They tried waiting to see if my mom would come out, but she just watched from the balcony instead. They tried using an empty space beside them to get out, but that didn't work. Finally, they tried to plow through my mom's car, but with dozens of witnesses and reports about the driver illegally parking there, she was forced to pay a hefty fine and the repairs on my mom's car. She was also banned from visiting the apartment building. My mom had been planning to get a new car anyways, so the damage wasn't that big of a deal to her. Don't freak with my mom and her parking spot. Is anybody else incredibly disappointed in the apartment complex for allowing this to happen? Like, it's one thing if it's regular parking, but for them to stand by idly and allow a handicapped parking space to be taken up like this by somebody that doesn't even have the disabled placard? I mean, the whole thing's over now, so it's not like complaining's necessarily going to get anything to change, but it feels like something you should try to be proactive about in some way, right? Either by telling off whoever watches over these parking spots, or spreading the words just by like reviews or something, right? At the end of the day, it's the apartment complex that left OP's mom out to dry here, right? I'd like to know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is by Mr. Geep. You wanna steal my dessert? How about a month full of ink to go with it? I was working at a fairly small meat packing plant with about 45 employees. The butchering was done in another part of the plant. We would clean, process, sort, and package the meat before shipping it out to different retailers around the area. We had a lunch slash break room where everyone would leave their lunch boxes while we were working on the floor. For the most part, the break room was empty most of the day, except during our 30 minute lunch or our two breaks that we were allotted each day. 
The door to the break room was basically situated behind all the production lines, so the door was in sight while we worked, but nobody had a reason to keep an eye on it. As it turns out, people began to notice that their dessert would be missing out of their lunches. Someone would remember putting cookies in their lunch, or stopping and buying a candy bar, and it would be gone by the time lunch or the last break would come around. Nobody really knew how long it had been going on, until we all started talking. Even once we all figured out it was happening, it continued to happen with two or three people's lunches a day. We would try to watch the door to the break room, but there wasn't really a way to track people going in and out. We would jokingly accuse each other, but never could figure it out. Until one day, someone came up with a brilliant plan. Being how we worked in a meatpacking plant, we used an edible ink that was used to stamp different grades of meat. We also had syringes used for injecting different marinade or brines into different products. Four or five of us all brought Hostess ding-dongs to work in our lunch boxes. If you don't know what a ding-dong is, they're a dark brown chocolate cupcake with a cream center, perfect for extracting a little petty revenge. We used the syringe to suck out as much of the cream filling as possible through the packaging and injecting them full of the thick blue ink and left a hole in the package about one-eighth of an inch in size, but was otherwise unnoticeable. We then put them in our lunches and waited. It took only a few hours when suddenly the processing line erupted in laughter. Our plant manager, who was the only one in the building who wore a tie and a white dress shirt, came running out of the break room and towards his office. Not only was his lips and chin covered in the blue ink, but it had run down the front of his shirt and was even on his hands. He disappeared into his office, and we didn't see him for the rest of the day. I'm not sure what the man had to bathe in, but the next day, you could barely see it on his lips, we were told by his secretary, as he didn't show his face back out on the production floor for several days. In any case, our desserts and candy stopped disappearing from our lunches, and all was good in the world again. Is the mouthful of ink and staining their skin and clothes enough of a revenge? Or should this person be publicly shamed? I mean, I imagine it's pretty easy to publicly shame them after, you know, such a blatant display. Should people not let them live that down? Should people keep calling them out if they're not going to have any kind of reprimanding for it? By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Our next story is from AITA2191. Sure, I'll pick up your Sephora package. Around 8am, I started receiving a ton of texts from my stepdaughter. I thought it was an emergency that someone had died or something serious, because I can't recall the last time she was awake before noon. She was telling me that she had a package that was delivered today to the house. She asked me to contact the landlord to pick it up because when she tried, the landlord wouldn't give it to her. Help her get a package that she stole my credit card to buy. Today was my last day at my job before I transferred six hours away to crash on my mom's couch because she stole from my son and I, leading to me divorcing her mom. Text after text darn near demanding I do it right away. After work I went out and got it. It had my name on it. She put it in my name to avoid it getting flagged by my credit card company. It was a partial order from when she went on a shopping spree. The items had been back-ordered. It was a box of makeup from Sephora. I opened it. Again, it was in my name. It was over $200 for four little things. There were also a ton of little sample products. I took a picture of it and sent it to her, and she started thanking me and how I saved her night out. 
because she ran out of foundation. She was talking to me like I was her buddy all excited. My jaw literally dropped at the audacity she had. She ruined my son's senior year and she thought I was going to help her so she could go out tonight with her friends. She didn't respond to my son when he tried begging for his money back but had the nerve to ask me to help her. I took it to Sephora to get a refund, but because the car that was used to purchase it was frozen or closed, I couldn't get cash. The girl working said she could return for store credit to Kay's account. Absolutely no, I think the freak not. So I took it to an organization that helps women get ready for job interviews so they can get back on their feet. I texted her that they said thank you and that it would really make a difference since donations were low. She lost her crap, cursing me out for me giving away her stuff, how she's going to call the police if I didn't get it back within an hour, saying she was going to go get it back, what kind of punk tries to get a donation back from the needy, and how dare I think it was okay to do this to her. The last and only text response I gave was, I would probably avoid the police right now, especially since mommy's out of town for work, who would bail you out? Now I've heard of spoiled kids, but this one is pretty darn spoiled. Apparently this stepdaughter stole the stepfather's credit card and stole money from underneath the bed of OP's son, and after having been caught for all of that was trying to get OP to help them out with stuff that they had spent with their money. How moronic and spoiled can you possibly be all at the same time? Our next story is from Stryweaver. Oh, you want my parking spot? It was Christmas time and the mall parking lot was jammed. Somehow I lucked into a space near an entrance, and four hours later my friend Don and I staggered back to my car with full arms and very sore feet, but we'd be home in half an hour, so the end was in sight. We got the bag stowed and we buckled in, laughing ruefully about how exhausted we were. As I began backing out, a car was slowly pulling past right behind me. Naturally, I braked away for the car to clear my spot, but the driver saw my brake lights and realized she'd lucked out. All she had to do was back up and let me out and my primo spot would be hers. But it couldn't be that easy. Another car was tied on her tail and that driver wanted my spot too. And neither one of them was budging. The two drivers' faces got redder and redder as they honked, revved their engines to make the other driver think they were going to plow right into their car if it didn't move, and in general made utter jerks of themselves over the parking spot. Meanwhile, my friend and I were trapped and getting pretty mad ourselves. After more than five minutes of this craziness, motor running but going nowhere, Dawn and I had had enough. We looked at each other and smiled. Then we got out of the car, locked it back up, and waved at the two disbelieving parking warriors as we headed back into the mall for a much-needed drink and a bite to eat. Honestly, if you're going to have to sit there for five minutes while these two aptly named parking warriors do this, and you've got time to kill? Screw it. Might as well. It's all about accepting that the collective IQ of the two drivers is about the equivalent of two rams that are currently butting heads and horns, and they're just kind of interlocked, and you realize, you know what, just too much idiotic adrenaline going on here. Let's just get a bite to eat. This next story is from Coral Reef 1. Sexist jerk is given only girls to set up and work his show. So, I was unknowingly part of some petty revenge. I work as a stagehand in my local theater. We're a big theater and get lots of big names touring through. To help gauge significance, some of my last shows I worked here were the official Dancing with the Stars tour, Disney's Newsies musical, Shen Yun Ballet, and many others. This petty revenge happened today, and I got off work about an hour ago. 
so I thought I'd write this while it's fresh in my mind. I won't say what show I was working in this instance because I don't want people to find where I work, as it's a very easy Google search as to where this guy was performing today and I'm an employee of the city so there are social media rules. Anyways, we've worked with this guy before and his production tour manager is not the best person. My manager Sam, the name change of course, worked with the production manager a little over a week prior to this to help in arranging all of the rigging to make sure everything will run smoothly when the truck arrives and we unload and set up. Come today, and I, 21-year-old female, arrive at work to see that all the people scheduled for today were women. There were only two guys. Those two guys were my manager Sam and our rigging head. Everyone else, our sound and lighting ops, as well as all of our loaders and carpenters, me, were women. I was amazed, and so were the rest of us, as it's rare for more than five women to be scheduled at once, as there are more male employees than female. The truck pulls into the bay, and the production manager is standing at the edge of the truck door to direct where each crates will be rolled onto the stage. That one goes stage right, that one stage left, that one down to wardrobe, etc. The production manager, without looking up from his clipboard, shouts, Okay, I need four guys on the truck to unstack and roll off the truck. Four people receiving, and everyone else go up to the stage to set up. Hearing this, I automatically silently volunteer to be one of the people on the truck. The production manager doesn't notice that it's four women until we unstack and roll out the first crate. I notice him grumbling, but I didn't understand him, and at that moment, didn't know what was happening. We continue unloading, and at one point, I'd split off from unstacking and rolled a crate inside towards its position. I pass the production manager talking to another tour manager, saying how he needs more guys to help unload. I was confused, thinking of guys as gender neutral, as there were way more people than needed available and open to help with the load-in. After a few more crates, I split off to grab a sip from my water bottle. My job's hard labor, gotta stay hydrated. And as I'm drinking, I see the production manager talking to my manager, Sam. The production manager says, I need some guys to help with unloading the truck. Sam, confused with seeing all the open hands in the bay, says, But there's like 10 people over there already. They say, No, I need guys. Are there any men that can come to the truck? What about that guy? The production manager said as he pointed to our rigger. Sam says, There's no way he's leaving his post. You have plenty of open hands today to help you with the truck. Actually, you asked for too many people. All the people in the bay are available for your use. He says, But they're all girls. They can't lift all the heavy boxes. Sam, getting a little pissed off, says, Our team here is very capable, and I noticed that they haven't even touched the Lodestar once today. I believe that says a lot. The fact that they're all women does not affect the efficiency or quality of the load-in process. A Lodestar, by the way, is a motorized pulley lift system, which we use to unstack and stack the really heavy boxes to a max of two tons. The production manager grumbles away, claiming how this stop in their tour was going to be a disaster and everything is gonna go wrong. I finished my long drink of water and glanced over at Sam. He looks to me and rolls his eyes in reference to the production manager, then flips him off mouthing, sexist jerk, to which I chuckle, giving him an agreeing look and then get back to work on the truck. We finished the load-in process in two hours, which is pretty rare. Depending on crew size and show requirements, load-ins take an average 4 hours minimum. This show had too many people scheduled to be loaders and carpenters, so we got stuff done very quickly. As I was clocking out, I decided to ask Sam what was up with that PM, to which Sam had explained that during their first meeting to discuss the logistics, 
That production manager had quickly revealed himself to be a sex. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. This jerk. The production manager was going on about how he'll need strong hands to lift all of the heavy crates, and that it'd be good to hire a lot of guys. And this happened to line up nicely with scheduling, so Sam had scheduled every available woman we had employed to work on this show. It unfortunately fell short with our rigging head, as we only have three people certified to work those ropes, and they're all guys. I'm getting trained on them though, but this petty revenge clearly still worked as Sam has gotten under the production manager's skin. I'll update if anything interesting happens during the loadout process, as it'll all be girls again. Those who are loaded in are on the loadout team as well. I see one of two things possibly happening here. One, the production manager realizes everything was done to a satisfactory degree, and maybe going forward they're not judgy about who is actually doing the load in and loadout process. Or two, maybe the production manager gets vindictive and tries to find a way to get less business done at this location, which would suck. All I know is, Sam sounds kind of awesome. Our next story is from Banana Waffle 13 Want us to work all of Christmas and the weekend before? Here's my notice. So two years ago, I was working in a home care company in the UK, looking after patients in their homes, washing them, toileting them, cooking, cleaning, etc., The company I worked for was run by a family with family friends in the management positions, my supervisor being a 19-year-old who can't drive, which for a home care company is quite important. It was the week before Christmas and the company was preparing for Christmas. All the management were trying to get all the Christmas bank holidays off, so I agreed to cover the bank holidays, as it was 1.5 times pay, on the condition I could have the weekend before off with my family. As a side note, due to the COVID pandemic, we were already short on staff as people were off sick or isolating, etc. And nobody was taking care jobs due to the risk of COVID. 
At the time of the job, I was also suffering quite badly with mental health from a traumatic event which the company knew about and was well documented. Even to the point where I had a sit-down meeting with the office manager saying I can't work too much due to stress and needing to be able to manage my time to stop me crashing mentally, which was agreed to. It gets around the Friday of the week before Christmas and they finally send out rotas for the following week. And to my surprise, I find out I'm down to work the weekend as well as next weekend as well as all of the holidays. So I call up the office manager to say what the heck is going on. She turns around and says due to short staffing, unfortunately there was no option and I had no choice. This didn't sit right with me. So straight after the phone call, I dropped an email to her saying I'm handing in my notice as of effect now. And due to the increased stress you've put me under as per previous discussion, I'll also be self-certifying sick for the week and will get them a sick note for the rest of the four weeks. I spent Christmas at home and had four weeks paid at SSP rate to find another job. The managers, on the other hand, ended up having to work basically all of the holiday periods alone with no help and covering all day. This meant they had no Christmas break while I was sitting at home eating turkey and trifle watching TV. After the holidays, I called in to find I was not the only person to quit that week and that a large portion of staff quit due to this. So not only were they covering my shifts and due to the fact that the supervisor couldn't, they had to have someone drive her around all day to make sure everyone was covered. See, what I fail to understand with companies who are in this situation where they are short-staffed, if somebody comes to management and says, I literally cannot work more than a set amount of time, specifically for my mental health, I don't get why companies wouldn't try to work around that just so they have somebody at least working some of the shifts. I mean, you just try to otherwise abuse your employees and honestly, it's no great surprise that OP did what they did. Pack up and get out of a place like that who clearly doesn't care about you and doesn't care about working around what would keep you sane. Our next story is from Wildmind3327. I'll tow you if you park in my spot one more time. I've been living in my current apartment for about a year. It's a lovely area, but the neighbors are out of touch. Every apartment has its designated parking spot, and unfortunately, there's only about four guests parking that are always occupied. For over a year, the two neighbors from the two apartments above me have continued to park in my spot. Not only them, but their guests and extra cars. I got tired of asking nicely to move their cars when I got home after work and started blocking them and towing them every time. It's been three times. They've never once knocked on my door to move my car while I was waiting for the towing until last week. When the oldest daughter, who didn't live in the building and had asked her not to park there before, knocked on my door to move my car because she needed to leave and she was in a hurry. I told her that I was blocking her because I'd called the towing and they were going to take her car that I was sorry that she was late and that this was as much of an inconvenience as it was for me because she bothered me right when I was about to have dinner, closed the door and waited. The nerve. She yelled in my window that I was being nasty and that she was going to tow me. She never apologized or acted as if she did something wrong. Crazy, huh? The towing came. I explained she parked in my spot and she didn't even live here. She had to pay release on scene anyways. But I think I made my point clear. I hope she doesn't come back, but I'll be ready. Unlike some of the earlier stories, at least in this situation, the towing company was willing to help OP out. 
I imagine it depends on where you live and the laws in the area, but if you live in a place and you're paying for that parking spot, you probably should just be about capable of getting somebody that's parked illegally in that spot towed. Wouldn't you guys agree? This next story is from Bainar124. Let me just get the expert for you here. Just a sec. Back when I was just out of high school, I worked for a home improvement store whose employees wore red vests. I worked in a bunch of different departments as a filler. Some days it was flooring, some days it was garden, and some days it was the paint department. All of the departments had their own specialists, people who had worked in the department for years, or had worked those jobs professionally before moving to a relatively simpler service job. Note, I said simpler, not easier. One day, I was working in the flooring department when I was paged to head to the blinds desk by the paint lead, who will name Rosie. Rosie was a really nice woman who spoke English fluently with an accent, as it was her second language. When I got over there, she looked at me and asked if I would be willing to help a customer out who demanded to speak to a man because a woman don't know about a man's work. Rosie, the sweet woman she was, said she would find someone for the customer and I was the only one not tied to a specific department. I told her I'd be asking her for help if I needed it. Now, you should know that Rosie worked with her husband with this painting company for nearly 20 years before she decided it was too much for her and retired to work someplace that wouldn't make her work 10 to 12 hours a day spray painting and doing fiddly work getting all the lines right. She then worked at this store for five years, which led us to this point which meant that she had more years of paint experience than I had lived. I knew what I had to do. I went up to the customer and told him I would do my absolute best to help him. And I was fairly confident that if I didn't know, I could find an expert to help him out. I listened to his needs, asked some inane questions about which brand of paint he wanted, then put a super confused look on my face when he started asking me about the type of finish I would suggest for his walls, whether the walls should be primed or not, what type of paint he should use for a piece of furniture that was used both inside and outside of the house. I kept on saying things like, let me think about it, I'm not too sure, but I think it might be one of these five brands out of six. Um, maybe this type of paint? Pointing to matte paint for exterior. He started getting pissed as he would look at what I suggested and reading the cans just to see that everything I said was absolutely wrong. He got loud and told me I need to find someone who could actually help him. I apologized to him and said I knew exactly who to call. That person had 20 plus years of experience painting. That person worked in the paint department for over 5 years and they retired from their painting career. That person is one of the department managers who we went to for any questions. That person trained many of the paint personnel in the other stores nearby. The customer looked pleased that we had someone who filled all those requirements and told me to get them right away. Yes sir, Mr. Customer. I'll get them right now. I walked around the department until I found dear sweet Rosie and told her what I did for the customer and how he demanded to speak to an actual expert. She laughed out loud at what I did and followed me back to the customer where I introduced her as the expert with 25 plus years of paint experience and that if she couldn't answer his questions, then no one else in the store could. At this point I was staring at him and he had the grace to look a little flustered at me, bringing the person back that he said, don't know about a man's work. So in a situation like this where Rosie deals with somebody who is sexist, is it better to have somebody like OP lead them astray, somebody that clearly is out of their element and doesn't know how to do it, 
and then have this moment where Rosie walks in after a great introduction, revealing how experienced they truly are? Or would it be better for Rosie just to look this person in the eye and start laying out their qualifications, like the moment the sexist behavior presents itself? I'd like to know what you guys think. And our final story of the days by Anonymous NB, no show for our kids' first birthday party? Okay. My gal, female 35, and my, male 41, only child, almost had a complete no-show for his first birthday party. My gal comes from a pretty large family with tons of cousins, nieces, and nephews. She, her older sister, and mother had been regulars to all the children's birthdays, despite neither my gal and her sister both not having children of their own. To be polite and kind to the children and family, regularly bringing two to three gifts to each celebration. Even after my gal moved in with me to a larger city 30 minutes away from the rest of her family, she regularly attended and gifted for the kids. Her mother's sister, henceforth the aunt, is quite the welfare queen, who constantly borrows and takes from her sister, with two children of her own living with her, each with their own children. At one point, my gal's family had taken these two children into their own home due to legal issues with their mother. And as such, my gal's two cousins from the aunt are her closest relatives to her. Heck, when the youngest daughter of the aunt lost her daughter to social services due to how uninhabitable their dwelling was, we tried our hardest to get her. Poor kid had to have a birthday with strangers. Anyways, after years and years together, my gal and I had our firstborn child. A previous pregnancy miscarried at the beginning of the third trimester and she would bring him along with her family to the gatherings, the birthdays, trying to be good family. And this was good considering I have no local family to rely on or to have be close to our child. His first birthday was coming up, so we decided to have his birthday at a park that's right on the outskirts of the little town the rest of their family lived in. Invites went out three or four weeks in advance to all the usual suspects that she'd do similar parties with for their children. I'm thankful my child was only one year old so his feelings wouldn't be hurt because the turnout was abysmal. Only one of her cousins showed, briefly, and it wasn't part of the aunt's crew of children. No cancellation notices, no apologies, no one out of town or having other obligations that would prevent even a brief visit, just ghosted. The amount of money we spent on the food and decor wasn't a big deal to us, as hey, more food for us. But it always sat wrong with us and my gal's mother and sister. This is where the petty revenge comes into play. After years of gifting, watching nieces and nephews, driving out of town for each and every party, I'd guesstimate that there were five to seven of these a year, we shut it down. Not so much a no contact kind of deal, but all the parties, the gift giving and the going out of their way for the people who ghosted, it was done. This wasn't about spiting the children by any means, but most were so young that the absence was probably not even noticed by the children themselves, just the adults. The relationship between the aunt and my gal's mother soured, but hung on by the thinnest of threads. This isn't the end of the story though. Last year the aunt was on her deathbed, bygones, all that. My gal, her sister and mother visited her a few times as she was in hospice. And on one of those visits, the last one, we found out why the aunt's entire crew decided to spite a one-year-old's first birthday. During one of the numerous parties that happened once our child was born, but before his own first birthday, my gal's mother had to verbally reprimand a child who was teasing our child. 
taking things away from him and unnecessarily teasing him, and apparently that sat wrong with the aunt. Her petty revenge for the small scene that put all of this into motion? The ghosting. The ghosting that cost her family numerous gifts and put a large wedge between sisters. The fact that she brought it up on her deathbed out of the blue to be spiteful just tells volumes about her quality of character. Petty begets petty. After the virtual no-show birthday, we've not done parties for our child since, though his birthday being midsummer would create issues trying to get school friends to show due to family trips, etc. Instead, he gets to go on trips to the coast or Disneyland on each and every birthday. It's not the best answer, but we've had no complaints from him, and that's what counts. Considering the very end of the story, as long as the kid's happy, that's all that matters. And honestly, if you've raised the kid not to have normal birthdays, chances are they probably are less interested in having what you would consider a normal birthday. And to be honest, like I enjoyed having my friends around for a birthday, but I don't know if I ever truly enjoyed the whole birthday cake, everybody's crowding around you. I was never a person that enjoyed that kind of attention. I'd much rather just go to Disneyland for my birthday. That sounds awesome. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.